Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. We are going to jump into the four elements of every successful social strategy. The first one is brand story and elements that embrace your business why. Yes, and this is the one I always take. For those of you that have been listening, you know this is my background. This is where my passion lies is really in making sure that you get the story right. And we talk all the time about developing your why and making sure that people know why they want you and then being willing to connect with you. If you do not have this set, you will not be able to connect with your consumers. We are 100% certain of that because to Anne's point, there is so much out there today and quite frankly, so many people doing it badly and just saying, well, I need to be in the space, so I'll post and it doesn't matter what I post, right? That is completely wrong. And in some cases, we feel like you may do more harm than actual good if you're just posting arbitrarily. So really make sure that you define that why, you define that brand story, and then We've talked about developing your toolkit, and that's the next thing you really need to do. So you've heard me talk about logo and color palette and font and photography choices and typography and iconography, all those things. You really have to have both visually and verbally yourself set up to go and do a social strategy because to Anne's point, if you're doing it well, you are taking that thread of your story And telling it in your way that no one else can then replicate. And this is really what we consider to be the gold. When you get to that point where you're communicating, you're getting engagement, you're seeing responses, you know, people are clicking like, they're sharing your post. That's obviously the ultimate goal, right? And so all of those foundational elements, while we often get pushback from people of, well, I don't really want to stop and do that stuff. Again, this is another place where if you don't have it, you're going to come back at some point, like many people have this year, and say, well, why isn't mine working? And I'm going to guarantee that's the reason why. And we always like to give an example. So the one that we always come back to and we love is Nike. Um, If you haven't read Shoe Dog, we highly recommend that you do that. And Ann and I actually just refreshed with a recent podcast we heard. So they're top of mind, but they really are best in class Um, from everything from that Nike swoosh to the Just Do It tagline. I mean, we say that word and you can visualize that brand. And it's because it's been done so intentionally for so long that they can have the flexibility to change to different offerings and bring in new people and all of those types of things, but still maintain a consistency and an authenticity that delivers on their foundational uh, message, which is really that when you put on their stuff, you're an athlete. The manifestation of that brand, if you don't know, started really targeting, you know, kind of the super elite athletes. And as the the brand and business progressed, they realized that wasn't going to be sustainable because there's only so many of them out there, right? And so the pivot was made And they didn't alienate those audiences. As you can see, professional football players wearing Nike. I mean, there's definitely a professional element to it. But now it is part of the masses in a way that we aspire to be like those athletes and feel that power when we wear whatever the elements are, whether you're a runner or, you know, a football player, like I said, or a baseball player. I mean, they have all the stuff for all the sports for any type of athlete. And everyone is an athlete when they wear Nike. Yeah, and 
I think what that does, especially for their social, is it allows them to be more emotionally engaging. So it's not a just about the performance, although performance is a key pillar, and we're going to get into consumers and pillars here in a second as the second point. But it's it, it, it's there's really an element of emotional connection, and we've talked a lot about that about branding. That it's not just about what you do; it's how you do it and how you make people feel in response to what you do. And they really, really embrace that. I, when I looked at their social channels recently, I believe, if I recall right, their social channels are all about the people of mm-hmm. Nike. Mm-hmm. So it's the, you know, there's a channel for the women of Nike and, and they're really starting to celebrate who people are and who are representative of their brand in, in, in them, and using that to kind of create their brand equity as a result. So you're not going to go in there and you're not going to see just everything about their shoes or just streams of thought about whatever they think is important for the day. You're going to see a very concerted effort to focus on who they believe are the people of Nike and really embracing that so you can feel inspired to be part of that group. Yes, and I think that's a really good way to not feel salesy in a social approach, too. I think that communicates a certain authenticity about who they are and where they're willing to be vulnerable to bring their actual people forward and celebrate them, not just the brand and the gear. And to Anne's point, whatever their random message of the day is, it's a very concerted effort to be very thoughtful and very authentic. And it's the spirit behind it, too, right? And you'll notice, too— Uh, That there's intentionality behind how they use each channel. Yes. So you can tell they're very Instagram-led. They're very Twitter-led. Facebook is kind of a follow, and we're going to get into that here in a second, too. And that's okay as a strategy as long as it's intentionally driven that way and you're creating the content for the right channel. So Instagram is a lot more pictorial. A picture tells a thousand words. It's more of that um, kind of the snapshot. Facebook is a little bit more newsy. It's a little bit more um, what's going on in a more database format. LinkedIn's more business-oriented. So it's really important to think about your brand story and how your brand story and your tone of voice is going to shift and how the style is going to shift across each one of the channels. Because another one of the biggest mistakes we see people make is just to mirror from one channel to the next without really intentionally thinking about, is that the right thing for my brand or should I have specific um, offerings for each one of those, uh, those channels? And what that's a interesting uh, concept to think about because it's really stylistically trying to gear towards your consumer, which is leading to the second point, which the second uh, element of a very successful social strategy is having a defined audience and content pillars designed to attract the right consumer. So here you are trying to define who you're trying to reach, and you're trying to define them in a way that's very clear and articulated like you would describe a friend. And why that's important is because you have to figure out what people want to hear uh, from you on those specific channels. So like I said, Instagram is more of a picture tells a thousand words uh, kind of format. So the, the content you put on there needs to be very photographic, and it needs to be relevant back to your brand. But in that kind of, from that kind of context, too, you need to think about what kind of content that needs to be. What does it need to represent? What is it? What are they going to want from you that they can't get from anybody else? That's part of your your branding. 
So think about each channel and each consumer as kind of a personification of your brand. So what makes that you know, human connection going to work because really that's what your social channel is, is a facilitation of a relationship, a two-way relationship that you want to put something out there. You want them to engage back and you want to create that emotional connection. So really think about who your consumers are, where are they in your social channels? What kind of content did they really want to hear from you? When is the best time to actually give them that content and start developing your strategy around that? Yes. And I just want to reinforce a few of the things that Anne said, because I think they're so important. We talk about the fact that you should be able to define your consumers as a friend. And that is really critically important because it what it means is you have to know them so well that you can anticipate their wants and needs without them telling you that. And I think in the world of brands that really do truly serve and deliver what their consumers are looking for, it's because they do have that really deep understanding. And we're not talking about demographics or, you know, things like age or 60% of our consumers are female or they all live in the city. Those are not the types of things we're talking about. What we're talking about is what is really very meaningful to the select group of people that you are serving, which brings me to my next point. And it's if you don't do this and you try to be a brand for everyone, you are going to serve no one, literally. And this is another mistake that we see happen pretty often where people think, again, I just have to be in the social space. So I'll just put out anything. And when that doesn't connect, it doesn't land. And that's because there's no definition of who they're trying to target. Right. And that's going to allow you to get a lot more specific on your content pillars, too. So when we're talking about content pillars, for example, if you are a beauty brand, obviously, you're going to have some sort of pillar that relates to beauty. But Beauty is a very broad pillar. It can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. So then you have to think about, okay, what kind of beauty? What's my point of view about beauty? And so what kind of content do I want to consistently put out on beauty that my consumer in my channel is going to appreciate? So maybe in that case, you're all about aging gracefully without surgery, or maybe it's about promoting cell uh, turnover for radiant skin, or maybe it's diminishing blemishes in order to instill peak confidence. All of these have a specific lens for which you are uh, creating your beauty content and doing it in a way that your consumers are going to appreciate that from you in a way that they can't get it from somebody else, right? So that's why it's really, really important to consider your consumer, consider the channel, and then consider the type of content that's going to really emotionally connect and not just be all about what you do. And the other point we wanted to make here, too, um, and this is kind of a big aha for a lot of the, our clients that we talk to, is if you actually looked at your analytics, which a lot of our businesses unfortunately don't do, you'll see that most of your posts, even if you have a sizable following, will only get maybe 5% at the most, if you're lucky, 10% organic reach. And so what you're also going to want to start looking for is posts that are doing well organically that you'll be able to put some paid behind in order to boost them so you can reach a broader audience. And 
That is a absolute racket. It's designed intentionally that way by our friends at Facebook, but it's a game that you need to play in order to win at your at this social game. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but it's really important to recognize that that is part of the social strategy: is what to boost and when to boost it. Which leads to the third element of a successful social strategy, which is a conversation calendar that maps out the plan. And what this is, is literally what I just said. It's actually, you create a calendar, the days of the month, and you start laying out your sample posts that are going to connect with your consumers. And what this allows you to see visually is, one, what everything is going to look like in a feed or an Instagram quilt, but also allows you to see, do you sufficiently reach each consumer in a, a across your content pillars in a way that's sufficient? And what it also helps you see is, are you skewing one way or the other? So, for example, what we tend to see a lot on um, our client sites is that they tend to skew very promotional. They're all about the, the latest deal. They're all all about like what you can get, you know, with this coupon, and and that's fine if you're a deal led site, but it's not fine if you're trying to build your brand. And most of you guys are trying to build your brand. You're trying to get that engagement. You're trying to get that reputation. You're trying to build that credibility. So if you're very led by just your promotional posts about what's going on in your business, you're missing a whole bit of, uh, of social engagement that's necessary in order to make this a marketing channel that really, really works for you. So really think about consciously what is going to be shareable content for each one of your consumers in each one of the pillars. And really shareable content is something that is of value. It's something that can be promotional, that could definitely be one of the ways that you engage your consumer, but it's also content that could be entertaining and content that could be insightful, moving, something that's going to compel them to say, hey, this is meaning something to me in a way that is above and beyond that I feel compelled to share or I, I feel compelled to engage. Yes. And I would just, you know, kind of add to that in two ways. One is I think the deal thing, just be really careful about that. Um, You know, I think it's a good way to get quick engagement, but it also can dilute your brand pretty quickly. And we have, you know, several clients right now in the aesthetic space and they're pretty adamantly opposed to doing that because it immediately devalues and makes you think that you're looking for some kind of, you know, cheap way to do it, right? And so that's, you know, just one key point is it can seem like a good idea and really easy in a way to get some of those analytics and say, look, so many people cashed it in, but in the long run, it's going to do some damage to your brand. The second thing that I would say is, After you create your content, go back to your brand toolkit and your brand story, which was our first point here today, right? And make sure that the things you're posting are led through the verbal and visual cues of the brand. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, you know, Halloween was recent, right? So lots of brands, we saw them posting about Halloween, But there were mistakes across the board, and they all led back to the fact that they weren't linked to the brand voice or the brand character. And in in some ways, they were just completely irrelevant to what the brand was trying to do anyway. It went completely against the grain. So that is your checks and balances. That toolkit becomes your playbook, your your Bible, your flight plan, whatever you want to call it. All of those references you'll hear us use. 
And it is really true. If you're going to do it right, once you have that calendar, just go back and make sure that everything feels on brand. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that happens a ton with cultural happenings. It Mm -hmm. happens a ton with something that is going on um, from a socio standpoint, you name it. It's really, really important that whatever you post has a point of view that links back to your brand. And remember that once you put it out there, you can't take it back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so you better be very clear that it's aligned and you better be very clear that it's something that you're willing to support um, and think about it uh, in, in those contexts. And, you know, I just took it to one of, you know, a, a couple of topics that a lot of people uh, we've seen recently uh, like to post about, which would be politics and um, all of the, the the racial happenings, which is fine if it is something that your brand is going to stand behind and you're willing to take that that position on it. So be very careful when you get to some of these areas because you have to remember that your social channels for your business are linked back to your business. So one of the mistakes that we see people make is they run their personal agenda through their social and you can't do that. Once you have a business to establish, you have to reflect the business and the business's brand above and beyond your own unless they are so intrinsically linked that you're willing to stand behind it. Definitely. Really good point and very timely, especially given the the climate we're in right now, if you will. Yeah. So the fourth element of a successful social strategy is success criteria specific enough to track progress and business impact. Yes. And you heard Anne say people aren't using their analytics and they 100% should. And I we continue to be just completely stunned, you know, that those tools are, are built into social and they're a really good way to see what's working for you. So number one take a look at the analytics. And then you can build your success criteria, one, based on what you're seeing or where you're seeing gaps, or based on your business goals or all three. So if you feel like, man, I just really don't have the awareness that I need, then you're going to be concerned with your reach. Overall, how many people are you touching, how often, and then what's happening as a result of that. You might want to have something in this instance like a call to action, you know, share with a friend or, you know, a, what do you think of this or a survey attached to a post where you can go in even beyond just the post itself to something like, let's say, a survey monkey where you can see how many people completed it or those types of things. So and we've talked about testing and learning before, and that's important. But in addition to that, you want to make sure that you have KPIs, key performance indicators, set up that you're going to evaluate your social strategy against that should all be grounded in your business and what you're trying to achieve as a result of that. Um, I think you really want to work toward building community, and that happens as the brand matures And the best thing you can see on social channels are your people interacting with each other, kind of taking the conversation, not needing it to be fueled by you, not needing every response and comment to come from you. I mean, that's really where you know you've hit a good stride is when you've built a place for people to come and talk to each other. 
So that's another element to think about. Um, and part of that strategy really involves user-generated user content, which is where you're asking the people in your community to create or do something that then allows you to have additional content beyond just stuff that your brand needs to build. And I think this builds a certain level of credibility and authenticity beyond just the brand itself. This is another reason we don't recommend a lot of promotional stuff on your social. It really wants to be stuff geared toward what the consumer is looking for on a deeper level. But that user-generated content gets you to a place where you can tell if people are really feeling passionate enough about you to create content on your behalf and post it there. And when you go back to your analytics, again, because you have set up those KPIs, you know how you're doing. But then also look for trends and things that are working well and don't be afraid to pivot whatever those are. I mean, don't totally trash your strategy. Don't, you know, say, well, I don't want to work on business results anymore. I'll just see how many people I can get to follow me. No, that's not the type of stuff that we're talking about here. But what we are talking about is if you have a situation where you're like, man, like in the beauty example, you know, I talked about eyeliners last week and it just exploded. And now I have 30 people having a conversation about which one they like and they're sharing, you know, pictures of themselves, all of those types of things. Go with it when that stuff happens and really embrace it and pivot your strategy as needed. And again, I mentioned testing and learning. Don't be afraid to do it. Anne's right. The content doesn't go away. So don't put anything out there that you just feel terrible about, of course. Uh, but also know that you know you can kind of pivot and, and change things and go in a different direction really easily because you have these tools at your fingertips. Yeah, and you made a very good point about engagement as well, because again, this is a two-way conversation. So if you're just putting stuff out there and you are not inviting people to react or engage, you're going to have a very passive-based social channels. where, mm -hmm. And that's fine. I mean, it, it, that can work where people are just going and they're just kind of looking, but really to create the kind of dynamic you need in order for the algorithms to actually... Um, reward you, you have to get the engagements. You have to get the likes, the shares, uh, and, and all of those, uh, or the comments, and all those special engagement metrics in order to really set yourself up in the algorithms. So try different calls to action, like CTAs, like April suggested, whether, you know, UGC, share with a friend, and then also respond back to people when mm -hmm. they actually share. Mm -hmm. So again, this is a two-way conversation. You have to have somebody who's monitoring your channels who is going to engage. Like, And if it's not going to be you, then you need to hire a social media manager who's going to do that. It doesn't have to be a full-time person. It, it doesn't have to be a lot of hours. It can be a very affordable thing, but you have somebody who is looking at that, as well as looking for people who are asking questions. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will direct message you through your site. If you're not up on that, then you're going to miss those things. And those are really big opportunities to capture leads and to answer questions and to really sell your business and yourself through your social channels. <laughs> 